Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48 yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lob one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15 10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4 yard line. Holy Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws a pass. Caught ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Box win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All big Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening and you're missing out. And there are the cannons going. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish of BucksNation.com. For the second week in a row, first time guest on the show, our good buddy from pewterreport.com, J.C. Allen, joins the show. J.C., good morning, my friend. Morning, guys. How are we doing? It's a beautiful Sunday. The weather's been perfect this last couple uh, couple weeks before we get into the hell that is humidity. Um, <laughs> but, man, it's, it's, you, can't, you can't complain, right? Especially uh, if you're a Bucks fan or, or covering the team. It's, it's been a whirlwind of two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks today. It, it, is the anniversary of Tom's on, on retirement. <laughs> everybody remembers where they were. Me and Evan talked about it. We talked with Jeff Fatnella about it last week on the show. But JC, now let me ask you, where were you? What were you doing on that fateful Sunday afternoon where Tom Brady decides he is not done? He's coming back to Tampa Bay for his 23rd season, and uh, he's taking care of some unfinished business. What were you doing when you found out? I was making dinner. I was actually making uh, tacos on a Sunday. I know, weird, but I was making dinner, and um, I got, you know, my wife, my kids all situated. I was making mine, and then all of a sudden, boom, Tom's back. I'm like, wait, what? So, uh, granted, I didn't eat. <laughs> um, I just hopped right on the computer, wrote the quick story up for Peter Report, got it up on the, on the website, and then we did an emergency podcast, and then I ate. But, yeah, I was just going about my daily routine, making dinner, getting everything ready, get to get my kids settled and get in bed and he drops the bomb and, and then Jensen's right after it's like my goodness it's like it was like Christmas Sunday on on uh on in March I didn't know what was going on but it, it was I mean you always had that inkling that maybe he wasn't done right maybe he never used the word retirement you know uh but I was still shocked I think everybody was shocked I mean no one was more shocked <laughs> Then I think Trevor uh, yeah. Sikama. I don't know if you saw that clip. I watched that maybe like a hundred times just because his reaction was great. But yeah, it, it's it's been a whirlwind since then. I mean, you've got in re-signings, you've got outside guys brought in. It was, uh, but Tom is a catalyst, and that happened two weeks ago today. So uh, you know, 
fantastic to have him back. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. And if there was a move to, you know, in essence, kick this offseason into hyperdrive for the Buccaneers, this was it. Because that entire week leading up to Brady's return, obviously the NFL Combine was happening. Bruce Arians, Jason Light, fielding a lot of questions about the quarterback position. But as the days went by, it seemed more and more likely that Bucks fans were going to kind of maybe have to settle for a Blaine Gabbert slash Kyle Trask season. Our Lord and Savior Tom Brady comes back out of retirement and the Bucs are contenders competing for another Super Bowl for a third year in a row. So it is a great feeling. But ladies and gentlemen, the quarterback himself, Tom Brady, is back in the news cycle. And it's funny, the circumstances that lead us here, it's important to remember, one, what time of year it is. It is right after the combine, before the draft. I mean, free agency is happening. But this is also that time of the year where some of these pundits, they really love to just throw stuff at the wall see what sticks and unfortunately we've got a case of that involving tv 12 this week so dan arnold a boston sportscaster had mentioned on sirius radio this week uh that he would not be shocked if tom brady ends up in a miami dolphins uniform and he said something along the lines of yeah both sides are actively working on trying to make it happen well that quote gets misconstrued a lot of people pick it up a lot of national media outlets pick it up and the headline becomes Tom Brady actively working on a trade to get out of Tampa. And listen, <laughs> if you have any common sense whatsoever, it really doesn't make much sense for Tom Brady to announce that he is coming back out of retirement for his 23rd season in Tampa Bay. That's the direct quote. It doesn't make much sense for him to come out of retirement, recruit all of these guys to come sign team-friendly favorable deals. I mean, Chris Godwin, three years at 20 mil, right? That's a very team-friendly deal when you look at the wide receiver market, especially the money that he could have gotten. Shaq Mason coming to Tampa Bay, Logan Ryan coming to Tampa Bay. Those moves seemingly don't happen without Tom Brady. So how much sense does it make for Tom Brady to do all of these things and then just, you know, peace the hell out and go play down in South Beach? It doesn't make a ton of sense. Evan, I wanted to get your thoughts first, but overall, I think the message we want to stress to open up this week's show, uh, folks, Tom Brady is is, is not going to Miami. I, I think we're going to spend the next five or ten minutes shutting that down, but Evan, your thoughts on uh, everything coming out of the media this week? So all of a sudden, Miami gets Tyree Kill, and boom, <laughs> they're getting Tom <laughs> Brady as well. Just you know, I really wonder if they hadn't gotten Tyree Kill, would any of this been talked about like you know um two months ago it was well you know he's gonna sit out a year and he's gonna go back in 2023 and play for the 49ers right and now it's well he's back in tampa but he's not actually he's going to go into miami uh it makes no sense um people talk about the type of teammate that, that brady is and the type of leader that he is what type of teammate or leader w w would do that to their team right like just like you said does Ryan Jensen come back if Tom Brady's not the quarterback? I don't know. Tom Brady gave him a phone call on, on, on that Sunday night to let him know that he was coming back. You know, uh, he even called Alex Kappa. It was a little too late for Alex Kappa, but he even called him. Uh, he texted Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Would he do all that if he was like, well, yeah, I'm actually only going to be back for like a month and then I'm going to Miami? Um, it doesn't, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make it much sense um, really at, at all. Uh, the, the Bucks had said like, oh, well, you know, if we're going to trade Tom Brady, if he wants to come back and wants to play for another team, it'll take five first round picks or whatever. And now Miami doesn't even have a first round pick this year. So I'm not sure Miami even has, has the ammo. It, it doesn't make sense from, from either side, really. Like, yeah, the it biggest, really the biggest thing that gets overlooked as far as what 
you know, Miami's involvement is this is a team that literally just gave up five whole draft picks to go get Tyree kill. Like what, <laughs> what leverage at all are they going to have regarding the greatest yeah, quarterback in the NFL at the time being, it, I mean, JC, it, it, your it's, it's it, silly. Yeah. I, well, I mean, they do technically, they do have two first round picks next year, True. but, and, and you know, obviously they can give up more, but you know, at the same time, this all started because Brady and Giselle brought, uh, bought land in Miami to build a mansion, right? <laughs> Everyone's been trying to connect the dots. Remember, before he was going to play there, he was going to potentially be in the front office situation down there mm -hmm. before Brian, Brian Flores, and then he pulled himself out of that because the whole Brian Flores situation. Uh, of course, these are all reports, but yeah, back to Dale Arnold up in uh, Boston. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy from up there, so, you know, I had to listen to this jabroni uh, a, a lot, and it's just... It's just media being media. Media gonna media, right? Florio's gonna Florio, media's gonna media, and they're gonna, you know, put out some outlandish stuff. There's no way, no chance that Brady is exactly what Evan just said, recruiting all these guys to come back and be like, actually, you know what, I'm gonna go to Miami to play, you know, down there. Well, maybe that's a possibility, and I wouldn't rule that out for next season mm -hmm. if they don't come to an extension on this year. I know they're they're working on restructuring, whether they add a year or not. I think Brady would, you know, like that freedom to just play in a one-year deal. And if he wants to play next year, he's not contracted and beholden to any certain team. I don't think he's going to want to go to another team. Maybe he does Miami. I don't I don't think so. It looks like Tom Brady's be, uh, become full Florida man. I don't see him being Cali man. So, I mean, if he's not going to stay with Tampa, maybe Miami because he's moving down. I don't – I doubt it, though. I, I seriously doubt it. But that wouldn't happen until next season. This season, it's – all in with the Buccaneers. I mean, you listen to even what what Bruce has been. Bruce is <laughs> Bruce needs to lay off a little bit because it sounds like he's been drinking a lot. He's like, <laughs> he's like I've been drinking a lot with with Brady coming back. Can't stop celebrating, um, and their relationship is great. And that's one of the things too that the media tried to to put out there is that the the relationship between him and Bruce is fractured. So, oh, you know, they don't have a good relationship with the head coach. Maybe he wants to get out of there and go to a different situation. No. Well, Brady's it's a buck for 2022. After that, everything's on the table, I think. And it's funny, too, because, like, you know, we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago. The return of Tom Brady, there's a lot of things that you're going to have to put up with for another year. We're going to have to put up with another season of those ugly-ass split jerseys inside Ray J where it's the Pats and the Bucks jersey. I can't stand them. I thought they were done with, but I'm, you know what? The king, the king is back. I'm okay. The Bucks are winners. We'll have a full stadium again. That's great. But you got to put up with that for another season. On top of that, though, as far as national media coverage, I mean, yeah, for another season in a row, the Buccaneers are going to be the top story on SportsCenter every single day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. But on top of that, you're going to get all these casual takes. But what you're going to get the most and it feels like it's been this way ever since we landed Tom Brady, but it feels like a Bucks smear campaign sometimes. Like, I, I literally remember after they lost in New Orleans week one, 2020, they're already floating reports out there about, oh, Tom Brady might be having buyer's remorse. You know, or maybe the Bucks are having buyer's remorse about Tom Brady coming in because, you know, he had some flashes in week one, but blah, 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 blah. He didn't look great. His body language says he isn't happy, whatever, whatever. <laughs> And it's just it, it's just an endless cycle of people either reading too much into things that they are not informed upon to you know even be talking about, or we're just making stuff up because we can attach Tom Brady's name to it, get a bunch of clicks to our website. And unfortunately, that's the day and age that we're in. But it is oh, yeah. kind of sucks that we're going to have to put up with at least another season of people talking about Tampa Bay like that. 
Well, JC can probably, uh, he can probably attest to this um, about the, the smear campaigns and stuff. He did it to Brady for 20 years in New England, right? You know, it wasn't, yeah. um, you know, people, there, there's, a, there's a crowd of the media that just don't like Tom Brady uh, because he wins too much. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I, but then there was a whole other crowd of people that just hated the New England Patriots, right? And now that Brady has moved on, there's still some people that don't like Bill Belichick, don't like everything that he's done, whatever. But then the the Brady haters have seemingly come to Tampa and it just they seem to want to drive him out of Tampa because maybe, I don't know, it's not a big enough market for, for them, right? Maybe, you know, oh, going to Miami <laughs> or, or San Francisco, it's a big market, right? Which is wild, too, just be kind of a sidebar here, but Tampa, as a media market, has almost doubled since Brady came here. Yeah. Like, when he came here, I think we were 18 or 19 in the country, and if they haven't cracked the top 10 yet, they got to be top 15. And, and, like, that's a really big deal when New York and L.A. are number one and two. And, 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 you know, the, the thing is, the last point I will say about this whole thing, why in the world, especially this season, would Tom Brady want to leave the NFC to go to the AFC? Like, I, this offseason, out of all of them, why would this be the offseason that you want to go there? There is some good teams that would maybe win some of these divisions in the AFC that aren't even going to make the playoffs in the AFC. Like there are some good teams that are going to miss the playoffs because there's only seven spots. I just, I don't see why Tom Brady w- would want to, to do that. Right. Like if he's going to go anywhere, you know, like just like JC said, after this season, he's technically an unrestricted free agent. If he continues to play, he could return to Tampa. I think he probably would if he continued to play. Um, but, like, I, the, the thing, thing I look at is he's only going to play maybe one or two more years after this one. Does he really want to learn a brand-new playbook, brand-new system, right. move, his, move his family coach, again? Everything. Yeah, just, just for one year? Like, I, I don't really know. So, yeah. you know, that's a possibility after the season. You cross that bridge when you get to it. But this okay. is silly. And Dale Arnold, one of his biggest things that he's pointing to is that Rob Gronkowski hasn't re-signed with Tampa yet. When there's already been a video out about him at a barbershop saying there's a very good chance he will. And yes, he is. You know, Drew Rosenhaus comes out and says he's, he's conflicted about it. Sure. But like, is, is that your argument that, that Rob Gronkowski hasn't re-signed yet? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't understand why this is getting so many clicks from so many national and and notice how nobody's confirming it nobody 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 is you know nobody is confirming these reports they're all reporting the dale arnold thing and nobody is saying oh i've heard the same thing no they're reporting the same thing and it's just it's ridiculous jc I, i wanted to get your two cents on this really quickly our buddy matt august in the live chat brings it up we mentioned him briefly but the tight end big number 87 rob grunkowski Our buddy Matt asks, is he really contemplating retirement due to injuries? I mean, let's face it, early 2021, that game against the Ram, he gets knocked out for almost half the season, broken ribs, punctured lung. This is a guy with a laundry list of injury history, you know, played through one of his toughest seasons when the Patriots won Super Bowl 53. He was dealing with injuries. He was in physical pain. I mean, we had Chris Gronkowski on the podcast a little over a year ago telling us about the pain that he was in the week of the Super Bowl just because that's how the Patriot way was, right? So we've heard that Gronk is reportedly undecided. The dude's sitting at home making funny TikToks about whether or not he's going to re-sign with the Bucks or not. 
Yeah, it's been more than more than enough entertainment from Rob Gronkowski. But do you think it is a real possibility he hangs it up? Because at this point, it seems like either retirement or playing with Tom in Tampa Bay is what's most realistic for him in 2022. And so, I mean, the exit interviews, I actually asked him that, you know, how's your body feel relative to other years? How does I mean, you know, bumps and bruises, whatever. But, you know, I feel generally good. I don't have anything that is really, you know, ailing me at this moment. So I'm going to take some time away, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think for Gronk, it, it's obviously Tampa or a bust, right? He's not going to go anywhere else, I don't think. I think for him, it's he has so many opportunities off the football field. Not only just to make money, but to be Gronk and have fun and let loose. And, I, you know, he loves football. I'm not going to say that he doesn't love football. But at the same time, it's a very physical sport. I mean, look at He was knocked out last last year for what? Six games, something like that. Um, a couple injuries along the way. So I, I think he loves football. And I think it's really what comes down to it is, okay, I love football. I want to be back out there with the guys, but I do I want to take that punishment? He's a very, very smart financial guy. Didn't spend a dime of his contracts, used all of his endorsements, and he's got plenty of endorsements coming through still. Uh, you know, USAA and all these other things that, that just keep popping up. You know, we can't, Oh, man, we, can't we, we talk about all the all the stuff we got to suffer through for another year. We got to look at another <laughs> year of Gronk USAA commercials. Ah, busted. Those, those were the worst. It was so bad. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I think he comes back. You know, I don't think that he doesn't not play one more season. Um, just because I think the, the opportunity to go out there, he's already, in my mind, the greatest tight end of all time. I know a lot of people will go – Tony Gonzalez or whatever, but I think he comes back one more year. I mean, look what he did. I mean, his first year and his second year, he owned almost a thousand yards, you know, and he missed a bunch of games. So I think he's still a dominant player. Tom's not going to let him retire. Are you kidding me? Tom's back. Gronk, coming back. Gronk, Gronk, coming back. Coming back. Gronk, Gronk, coming back. And he'll be back. I think he'll be back. It might not be until after the draft. Um, you know, it might be closer to camp, but I think. He'll definitely be back in action, and I wouldn't worry about that. He's not going to Miami. He's not going to Buffalo. <laughs> He's certainly not going to play with Joe Cool up in Cincy. No one wants to go to Cincy. Even Cincy players don't want to go to Cincy. They wake up like, oh, man, I'm in Cincy. Crap. Uh, so uh, I think it was, he's back with the Bucks for sure. I just I, – I really wish, you know, I just hope if slash when he resigns that – then you can be like, oh, like, forget it. Like, none of the Brady stuff's happening because Grover Gronkowski is, is with Tampa. So why, you know, he, he could have chosen to play anywhere, right? So if he goes to the <laughs> Dolphins, then he's like, oh, well, you know. But if Grover Gronkowski comes back to Tampa, that or when in this latest restructure, like JC said, that they're working on, you know, it ends up being a, a one-year extension, basically. And that would just be, that would just be crazy. Um, we we got to you know. We we, we got a, we got a super chat a five hour super chat from let's go hey clap it up for the boy yeah huh? that's right let's go yeah See, that's why I got to get my roadcaster working man we we'll get the soundboard <laughs> rolling in here be a whole experience so our buddy hoodie jube he says what's up Rhett and Evan y'all's thoughts on rumors of getting Julio Jones and then the rumors on kicking the tires on getting Maker Mayfield if released and he becomes a free agent. Let's talk about Julio Jones first. We actually put out a podcast uh, last week talking about the possibility of Julio Jones to Tampa. As time goes by, it's an interesting thought, but when you think about his position in that wide receiver room, the work that the Bucks have already done in that wide receiver room, 
I mean, I think JC, you asked Jason Light himself about, you know, just looking at that wide receiver room and if there is still work to be done. And he obviously said they'll leave the door open, but they like the guys that they have in there. Julio Jones to Tampa Bay. We talked about it a little bit before, but it's been a week and a half. Things change. Do you still think that's a realistic possibility for Julio Jones to come down to Tampa Bay, take a minimum contract to help the team? And go chase a ring with the goat. Well, well, wait a minute. If before JC talks, if 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 Brady's playing for Miami, why is he recruiting Julio to Tampa? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. That, that's also important. I don't know. To mention. You know, it, it's Julio Jones is one of those. I, I, first of all, everyone go go ask Greg Almond on Twitter right now if Julio Jones <laughs> was signing with the Bucks. Go yeah, everybody do it. Do at, it. Do it. At Greg Almond. All of you at the same time, ask him Julio Jones to the Bucks. Don't tell him I sent you. Um, but no. <laughs> You know, it's funny because, you know, the Skip Bayless comes out and, oh, yeah, I talked to someone from Jones's camp and Tom Brady's directing, DMing him, telling him to come down and play in the Sunshine State. I don't think so. I just don't think it's going to happen. Julio Jones, he's not been the Julio Jones of, of the, that we know of the past, right? And he wasn't even that with the Falcons. And then Tennessee stupidly gave up like a second and fourth round, round pick for him. But he's going to come in here. He's going to – I don't see – they're looking forward from number four wide receiver. And if Julio Jones is anything that Julio Jones could be, you know, resurgence, whatever, he comes down, he starts doing the TB12 diet and pliability because his hammies are always bugging out. You know, what happens with that Russell Gage then, you know? Because he could, if he can be Julio Jones, I mean, he's your number three receiver, and now you're paying $10 million to a to that and plus the bucks are very interested in some of these guys in the draft alec pierce they're at their his pro day had him for a formal uh Traylon burks and chris Olave are coming down to tampa for visits uh they've got a lot of interest in some of these guys in the draft christian watson they were heavily there at his pro day at ndsu you, you gotta like a guy if you're going to north dakota for any reason unless you're going to look at like the the mount rushmore and really i mean it's just a bunch of people on the wall um you gotta like christian watson if you're setting people up there so they, i think they look to the, towards the draft and maybe even early early enough as the first round you're, you're gonna have to if you're taking Traylon burks or a guy like chris Olave <clears throat> and get that wide receiver four spot settled julio jones on a minimum deal if he's willing to accept his role that's the thing i don't know julio jones uh from a hole in the wall but you know i does his ego as one of the top wide receivers l- allow him to say okay I was the number one guy. Russell Gage was the number three guy. And now I'm the number four guy. Russell Gage is the three guy. I don't know him. You know, like JPP is the same thing, right? Does JPP's ego go allow him to be like, okay, yeah, I'll play backup to JTS? I don't think so. And I don't think the same can be said about Julio Jones. This guy's a competitor, was one of the best at his position um, for a long time, and now he's not. So I, I, don't, I would say no. I'd stomp that shut. But you never know. They could surprise. I, I still think the overall idea – the visual of Julio Jones in a Buccaneers uniform for Atlanta fans, that's got to be the nail in the coffin because I know their franchise is in absolute shambles and Julio Jones made some of the best plays of his career against Tampa Bay. You know what I mean? We watched this dude just absolutely tear us apart when he was healthy because the last couple of years in Atlanta, he was obviously battling injury and that's become a hot topic as of late. But I mean, he tore us to shreds when he was playing like the best wide receiver in the NFL. So On top of everything that you just said, I think the idea of him donning a Buccaneers uniform to not be the number one wide receiver is a little jarring. Uh, But let's get to the second half of our buddy Hoodie's question here. He talks about Baker Mayfield, Browns quarterback. I would say former Browns quarterback, but he is still there because they will not be trading him. And uh, it seems like a lot of teams are interested on kicking the tires, but not at that $18 million a year price tag. So if 
and when he may be released. Maybe it's like a post-June 1st designation kind of thing. There's also the possibility of Cleveland just hanging on to him because if Deshaun Watson gets suspended, you'd hate to be second, uh, you know, you'd hate to be Baker Mayfield, who is sloppy second choice there, having to start some games in place of the guy they just replaced you with. But like, let's talk about the possibility of maybe Baker Mayfield after this offseason ends up a backup somewhere because that's the market he seemingly has right now. Is Tampa Bay a realistic option for him? And would that be a good atmosphere for him? You want to go first, Evan? Yeah, sure. I'll go. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just the, the, the short answer. Um, It's just another thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, One, I think if Mayfield were to be released, I think he would choose a spot where there's a chance he could start. Like, like, like there's a chance that like, if a guy struggles, he could come in and and start Um, maybe like in Atlanta, you know, if Marcus Mariota struggles, um, maybe, you know, I heard there, there wasn't much interest from Carolina side or Mayfield side, but that's, but that that's in a trade, right? Maybe it is Carolina as, as a free agent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he's going to go to a place I think where he maybe has a chance to, to start eventually if Tom Brady doesn't get hurt, there's there's no chance Baker Mayfield stepping on that field as the Buck starter. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It'd be a more expensive backup than just bringing back Blaine Gabbert if you really wanted a, a veteran quarterback there. Um, and I understand people would say, well, Mayfield could be the guy after you know after after Brady. Eh, are we are we sure about that? Because like you know what what has Mayfield really proven that you know like. I think I would rather have the, the cheaper Kyle Trask who they drafted in the second round and clearly believe in um, or else they wouldn't have drafted him at all over Baker Mayfield. So it's, it's a, it's an idea. It's an off season idea, right? It's yeah, another one of them, them off season ideas. And uh, I, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. There's multiple layers to this too, right? So, okay. You bring in Baker, right? You don't trade for him. He gets cut. You bring in Baker on a one-year deal to sit behind Tom. There's no guarantee he's signing next year to be the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you do like a wink, yeah, yeah, you sign, you know, sit, learn a system, whatever. You know, if Tom goes down, you're a guy, whatever. I mean, there, there's no guarantee that he's going to stick around next year. Maybe his market heats back up. Um, then on top of that, uh, the Bucks want to figure out what they have in Kyle Trask, right? And this whole offseason before Tom Brady unretired two, two weeks ago, was yeah we got Blaine and we got we got Trask we got Blaine we got Trask we got Blaine we got Trask Blaine wasn't signed Blaine isn't signed Blaine is still an unrestricted free agent mm-hmm. and then Jason Light on the SiriusXM the other day said you know uh, you know Blaine's a possibility that we could bring him back you know we're gonna explore all our options so it went from Blaine and Trask to not even Blaine's a possibility to resign well I still think they probably resigned them yeah. resign him um, but I mean now we're talking about. You know, you're talking about this guy's a starter, and now it's a possibility to bring him back. So um, I think they really want to see what Trask can do. I think they really want to see Trask in that number two spot, get those number two reps in practice. And if he has to go into a game for garbage time or anything like that, he's the guy that goes into the game because you have to kind of see. You're not going to see what you have as a starter, but you can see what you have in a backup. And I'm of the belief that even if it's a second-round pick, if it's a third-round pick, teams should always be investing in quarterbacks, and especially when you have a – team this good at developing quarterbacks with Clyde and Tom Moore and Byron and and BA and all these guys and and obviously Tom's on the team so you always got to be you know you look at the Patriots of that too I mean they they did it all the time Jimmy Garoppolo Jacoby Brissett Jared Stidham uh, Ryan Mallett 
second, third, fourth round picks into quarterbacks and just had them develop. Um, you know, even so, you need to see what you have in Trask for sure. And if you can't do that when you have Baker Mayfield here, it just impedes his development because he's going to be taking reps. And uh, still, hell no on Baker. I'm out on Baker. Maybe next year, probably not. I did hear that the Bucks were kind of looking at that possibility if Brady didn't come back um, prior to, you know, just internal discussions about it. Not like, a, oh, they're going for Baker. But, um, yeah, I don't see it this year. I just don't see it. Really quick, $2 in the Wendy's Fund from our guy, Mr. Bucks Nation. Another super chat. He says, let's get this super Thank chat train going, baby. Thank you so much for your support. Clap it up for the boy. Doing big things out there. He's yeah, doing big man. things. Yeah, our buddy James, if you guys haven't checked him out yet, JC with the assist. Thank you, by the way, on the soundboard. Much appreciated. Uh, James, if he has not already, I think he's about to hit 15,000 subscribers right here on YouTube. So this man is literally the king of Buccaneers content on YouTube. Uh, daily uploads on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know we're sitting here gushing out about James, but thank you for the $2 super chat, my friend. You are greatly appreciated. JC, you briefly mentioned Jason Light on SiriusXM earlier this week. Another quote that I took away from that, and I wanted to get your thoughts on before we move on to the other transactions the Bucks have made, because believe it or not, this episode is not all about Tom Brady. But here was an interesting soundbite that a lot of people had some fun with. It was Jason Light talking about Tom Brady's return, SiriusXM NFL Radio. He says, it's been an awesome two years. Well, hang on, hang on here. We got a we got a ten dollars super chat oh. from, from from hoodie again. Let's go, Another man! Clap it up for the boy. Hoodie. Appreciate you, hoodie. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with you. Let's check in with hoodie really quickly before we get to this quote from Jason Light. Just wanted to ask you all about the Baker Mayfield situation because when I had seen the rumors, I was like, I wonder if Tampa Bay would feel some type of way if they got Baker Mayfield, kind of like the A Rod and Jordan love. You know, it, Go ahead. it's, it's different though. Like, like Mayfield's older, you know, like he's just like JC said, he's likely signing a one-year contract. I doubt he would sign a two-year deal. So he's going to go back out in the market. Like it's just, it's a different situation um, than, than that. And, and like Jordan Love can still have like potential. You don't know exactly what Jordan Love is. Are we sure that Baker Mayfield has anything else in the tank that we haven't seen yet? Like, like are we sure that Baker Mayfield's not a finished product? Like, like I, I'm not too sure. So uh, appreciate the super chat, super chat hoodie. Um, and uh, I mean, it could definitely like, that's maybe the thought process, but why can't you apply that same logic to Brady and Trask instead of Brady and, and Mayfield? So let's get back to this quote from Jason light, Sirius XM NFL radio. He says, quote, it's been an awesome two years, and now hopefully it's an awesome three-plus years, if not more than three, with him at quarterback in reference to Tom Brady. JC, let me ask you, cut and dry, man. Brady said he's got some unfinished business. He's coming back to Tampa Bay for a 23rd NFL season. The man has also said before he doesn't want a farewell tour. So a lot of people are already booking this as a farewell tour for TB12, who's going to be turning 45 years old in August. Do you think he plays another season after this one? It wouldn't surprise me. I know 45 has been his target, and him and uh, Alex Guerrero have been working on that to hit 45, to play a 45, 45th season. I know that he'll he'll be turning 45 this August. So I think that I don't know. 
I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody knows. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's such a wild card. We were so sure this time a year ago that he was going to be back in Tampa Bay without retiring first. He said that too. He said also that he'll walk away when his play drops off, when he feels like he can no longer impact games and lead a team to a Super Bowl. Well, you look at the guys who have led their teams to Super Bowls. Our buddy Dalton what? with the $5 super chat for what? the Buffalo Wing Money Jar. Go Bucks! Thank you, buddy. Hoodie Jube with one more $2 super chat. 70 plus people in here and only 18 likes. Let's get those likes up. Thank you guys so much for your support. Donate to the Wendy's Fund. Clap it up for the boys. Sorry, JC. I didn't mean to cut you off, but just had to get those in there real quick. No, I'm just saying, what is the drop-off? What does he go into Ryan Tannehill? Or, you know, is that like a game manager? Is that like, because I don't see him falling like uh, Max Kellerman, eat your heart out, but he's not going <laughs> to fall off a cliff like yeah. and just fuck. I just don't see it. Well, w when he when he starts to fall off, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as other quarterbacks we've seen. I mean, people talk a lot about Peyton Manning the year they won Super Bowl 50. I mean, he was done. You know, his arm was shot. Like that defense carry that team. Peyton was cooked. Everybody said it all year. The man still got the job done. I don't ever see a season like that for Tom Brady. The arm becomes a concern, but you also factor in the TB12 method, you know, pliability, all of this stuff that they work on. And something that Tom prides himself on is the quality that his body is able to perform at because of the way that he does things. And, you know, Peyton Manning. He wasn't on the TB12 method when he won Super Bowl 50. Mm. That's that's a fair assessment there. So, like, oh, yeah, I have well, no Peyton, idea what that drop-off looks like for Tom. And who the hell knows when it's coming? Peyton, Peyton never had the arm that Tom – I mean, Tom Brady doesn't have, like, a rocket arm, but Peyton never had the arm that Brady did. So, as Peyton got older, his arm weight decreased. Um, the other example you can look at is a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, but we know Ben Roethlisberger was definitely – uh, his diet was definitely not on the on the TB12 method, so no, I'm not really sure you can compare those. I, just like JC said, I don't know. I, I I don't know, and I don't think any. I don't even think Jason Light truly knows. I don't even think Tom Brady knows. Like I, I really don't. Um, he's going to be taking this, you know, year by year, and it wouldn't surprise me if this is it for him. But it also wouldn't shock me if he comes back for another one or maybe even two years. I do think obviously we're closer to the end than the beginning, but um, you know, I, I don't know, but either way it wouldn't shock me. One thing we do know is that Jason will leave the light on. We know that. <laughs> that that's a, a, a nice a nice little beat. You, you always there. you always leave the light on for a guy like Tom Brady, and obviously the Bucks were in a situation where they were very much able to do that. And I think that's just what helped the dominoes fall into place after Tom decides he's coming back to play. I, I, I feel like for a period of time, and maybe this is me overthinking it, but I feel like for the days leading up to Tom making his announcement, somebody in the Bucks organization had to have known. Whether it was Jason Light, Bruce Arians, they said that, that Tom had let those guys know beforehand. But do you know how long beforehand it was? Because like, I, just, I feel like after a certain point, these guys were kind of in the know and, and they knew it was coming. They knew a few days. Like, I mean, there was conversation back and forth. They didn't really know, no, until right before he made his decision. Like, he texted a bunch of people and said, obviously, uh, Godwin said, you know, he's in a group chat with Mike. Jason said he texted him, you know, probably right before that and said, hey, I'm, I'm about to post something. I'm coming back. So they were having talks back and forth. Um, I mean, we didn't, we had no idea at Peter Report. I mean, we've got some 
some inside sources in there and we didn't we didn't we had no idea it <laughs> kind of just blew all of our minds um so they were playing it really close to the vest and when tom was ready to, uh, ready to announce it he let the people that needed to know know and let some of his teammates know and obviously got on the phone and called ryan and, and called uh kappa and and <laughs> tried to get all those guys back uh one out of one you know one out of two isn't bad and uh then jason made some magic and got jack mason anyways so 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 you're, you're telling me he, he didn't tell them that to warm up his dolphins jersey or? <laughs> no okay no, 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 all right no. get the swapping. plane ready i'm going to miami <laughs> yeah, yeah that's swapping right swapping out the red and pewter beach. <laughs> swapping out the red and pewter for the aqua taking my talents to south beach is definitely not a conversation that was had and uh lucky for us we get another season of the greatest quarterback in nfl history in a buccaneers uniform He's going to break the touchdown record this year. I I, I for, want to transition and I want to move on and talk about and everything no, no, else. Do, do you mean for the Bucks, right? Yeah, no, I'm not, talking about yeah, the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. The single, well, not the single season franchise record because he already broke all of those. Um, talking about the franchise history touchdown list. Jameis Winston is in first place with 121. Tom Brady is right behind him. Well, yeah, Tom Brady is right behind him at 96. He has 25 touchdowns away from being the all-time touchdown scorer in Tampa Bay history at the quarterback position. Just and, sad. and, I mean, the guy's been averaging, what, 40 touchdowns a year since he got here, so I almost feel like this is something that's that's just, it's going to happen. And the fact even, that he made even it if happen. He, and, even if he has a down year, it's going to happen. Right, so and the sad. fact that, you know, he's on pace to make it happen in less than three seasons, I guess is a testament to, one, the greatness of TB12, and two, how pathetic the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is yeah. because like, I mean, it's, it, you know, 121 touchdowns is very respectable for a franchise yeah. record, but for a guy to just come in here and shatter it in three seasons is, <laughs> is a little embarrassing. That's a little, Hey, the, no, the, the losing this franchise in all of North American sports. Yeah. So. <laughs> we, we got a two hour super chat from Corey Fleming. Uh, Let's go clap you, it up for the boy. Who, who, who would you guys, want to see the Bucks face week one so obviously the schedule has not come out yet typically either comes out two weeks before the draft or two weeks after the draft last year it was May 12th I believe so about two weeks after the draft um, and there's no shortage of high profile opponents uh, for the Bucks. the Bucks cannot play the opener again against the Rams because the Bucks are hosting the Rams uh, so the the kickoff for the NFL cannot be Bucks at Rams uh, I, I'm not really sure you know I think Bucks Packers might be fun you know in Tampa that would be a good one that could probably be like the Sunday night football opener um, you know maybe do you do 49ers versus Bucks, you know, Bucks at 49ers, Brady going back to his, you know, to, to his, where he grew up basically. Um, you know, th there's a lot of, a lot of good options and uh, real quick, just want to get your, your, your two picks in, but before we head on and, and real quick wrap up with the other transactions he did. Yeah. I think I would want the Packers mm -hmm. um, to, I, I'd want Bucks Packers at home, obviously at Raymond James to open the season, just because I, you know, you're probably going to be facing a couple of rookie wide receivers. And before mm -hmm. the chemistry going, have Aaron Rodgers come down here, play in the heat of September, and uh, just be able to get that one done and out of the out of the way. Um, you know, obviously the Rams aren't going to be able to come down here right away. But, you know, I think that's the one that I would I would like to see. I think it would be the, probably the biggest draw for opening week, 
you know, you have it out in that Sunday night football game. I think that'd be perfect. I also wouldn't, I think San Francisco is a good pick too. So I think those two are really good picks. Um, you could always do boring old Bucks versus Saints game, or, you know, maybe you could send in Cincinnati down here defending, you know, um, to open Ooh, up as yeah. well. Cincinnati would be a decent one, but I think Baltimore, maybe, you know, yeah, I think, Green Bay, I, I personally, I would want Green Bay just so before Aaron Rodgers has time to fully, you know, develop that chemistry with his new wide receivers because they traded the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, yikes! <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty. It's pretty funny that it seems like we're all three going to have the same answer across the board, but I was also leaning towards the Packers. I, I remember on the schedule release show that we did back before the 2020 season, I believe we had Matt Matera on for that one. Um, I talked R- about R- Rocco with the $2 super chat. No, go, no, no message, no message, just a super chat. Appreciate it. Hey, clap it up for the boy in the Wendy's yeah, fun. Appreciate it. Truly appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you. you very much. JJJC is putting that roadcaster to the overtime. Yeah, man. Putting it to work this morning. Um, so, so let's talk about, you know, obviously Bucks Packers. I was really excited about that game in 2020 because something about that rivalry. And it's funny because it's not even a rivalry anymore, but you think back to the NFC central division Think back to the Battle of the Pigs back in the 80s, you know, the creamsicle, the the Brett Favre tearing us up all those years as well. And then Warren Sapp getting after him in the red and pewter Monday night football under the lights, red and pewter, white and yellow. Something about that uniform combo is so nostalgic for me. So I will always be looking forward to that game. Hopefully, if it is week one, maybe they can get the primetime slot with the schedule the Bucks have this year. They haven't officially released the schedule, but with the opponents, man. You know, it, the max is five primetime games. They might just break the rules a little bit for Tom Brady this year. You might as well give the Bucks seven or eight primetime games. But the, the Packers a is a matchup that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, Sorry, too. go ahead. I said that'd be a great way to start off Monday Night Football with a new crew, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real, man. But um, our buddy Hoodie in the live chat also brought up, <laughs> and I guess you brought this up as well, JC, but – Buck Saints, week one. We've seen it before, time and time again. I think back I to guess, uh, I guess they want to start off 0-1. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting start because that not only do you come out and you face the team that has just been the the monkey on your back these last two seasons with Brady and Tampa, but Dennis Allen, the new head coach, Jameis Winston under center. Hopefully we get a full sixty minutes out of him. Well, but we're not sure of Jameis. That sets the tone. Be I ready. Think, yeah, yeah. Well, that sets the tone for the first month of your season a division matchup like that. Like I know we've seen it time and time again. I will never get tired of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Absolutely shred new Orleans week one in 2018, 2020. You get Tom Brady's debut. The bucks aren't able to get it done. It is what it is. It, seem, it, it seems like the mm-hmm. timeline is right for a buck saints week one matchup for the sake of Tampa Bay. It's a pretty hefty matchup week one because it's a team that they have had zero answers for these past couple of seasons. But again, like I said, except for the playoff game, it well, yeah, the playoff game where it mattered the most is obviously important to remember as well. That ended in a Super Bowl championship. But when you roll out the Saints week one, everybody in that locker room knows the mindset that they have to be in week one. And and I feel like that's the team that would make them more prepared than anybody else. Not to say that they're going to go into one game more prepared than the other, but I, I mean, seriously, that's that's the biggest wake up call on your schedule is New Orleans week one. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. I mean presents a challenge. There's plenty of storylines. You can make it a four o'clock game, so you save those five prime times for later. Um, 
Yeah, I think that I, I don't want to see Sunday night football Saints at Bucks ever again. Yeah. Just, it, it hasn't uh, it hasn't worked out for Tampa. The first one was 38 to 3, and the next one's nine nothing. So I do not want to see another Sunday night football with the Saints in Tampa. It's gonna yeah. be interesting too, because they could actually to, to, to your point, they could get six primetime games mm-hmm. uh this year if they are playing Dallas. Yeah, what do they play on Thanksgiving? You know, well, what if they they play on Thanksgiving? doesn't count as a primetime game, even though it is pretty much a primetime game, um, that would that would give them, you know, a total of six. So that could be a way that they kind of, you know, get one of those top primetime games, you know, if it's Packers or 49ers or one of those, you know, even maybe a Baltimore or, I mean, a Cincinnati that week one, one of those three opponents week one, and then are able to use those four of the primetime games and schedule that that Thanksgiving game, which would be and great. Joel Rican asked, have we ever played on Thanksgiving? The Bucks have played on Thanksgiving. They played the Cowboys <laughs> on Thanksgiving. It did, it did not go well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I forget the exact year, but uh, it, it, it was like 2006 or 2004 or something like that. But yeah, it did not go well uh, for, for the Bucks. But yes, they have played on Thanksgiving before. Hoodie with one more $5. Let's go, bet. man. Hoodie uh, breaking the bank today. And he's, yeah. you want to know the best part uh, about Hoodie? He is a Saints, a Saints fan. fan. I don't yeah, know if you guys figured this out. We, we don't have a lot of positive interactions with Saints fan on this channel, but our buddy Hoodie is coming in, putting in work, donating to the Wendy's yeah. Fund. We truly appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you so much. One day on Hoodie. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. He says, Bucks versus Saints. You get a division and a rivalry game out of the way week one, and then Jameis versus his whole team, and then, yes, hoping for a full game. Ah, uh, people aren't going to like this. And then we're going to move on after this, I promise, because we do have a little bit of other things we need to cover before we wrap up the show. But uh, I am going to get flambayed for this take. I'm excited to watch oh, Jameis boy. Winston play the Bucks this year. Oh, traitor. I know. I know. <laughs> I might as well just burn my jersey and, and I, all of this stuff sure. out in the garbage. But, like, I am excited that we hopefully I'm get excited to, to watch a full season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he can do because, let's face it, they were – what coming into the Halloween game against the Bucks last year, they were what six and two? Yeah. Six and two, and his touchdown interception ratio was great. Yes, and then there, the there, offense there's he Mike, was Mikey, in was Mikey with a five dollar super chat. Give us a Saints versus Bucks one o'clock game at Ray J when nobody is watching. That, yeah. that sounds good to me. There you go, man. <laughs> Make him play out there in the heat. Listen, yeah, there and, is and, and, and then the, the Bucks can wear their white on white, which I don't love. But <laughs> that forces the Saints to wear black on black. So. What's pretty funny too is that having Tom Brady as your quarterback, when's the last time the Bucks have had like back to back one PM starts? <laughs> like like when you guys really think about I'm sure that there's a few instances, but like well, do you the, remember the late, late last season they had a stretch of didn't wouldn't uh, the one Atlanta game and then the Jets game or something was was back to back, I think, or like no, the I Carolina think you're, I game. Think you're right. I mean, hell, playing in New York at the end of December, though, at one o'clock on a Sunday, I remember the weather was pretty favorable, too. It was supposed to be cold, yeah. and then it wasn't as cold as it was. I mean, it wasn't that cold because Antonio Brown's taking his shirt off in the end zone. So clearly he <laughs> yeah, felt it couldn't great. have been that cold. Yeah. But there was a time <laughs> where if the game wasn't blacked out, the Bucks were playing at one o'clock. It was a game that nobody watched. And if you were in the stadium, September, October, even into deep November, it was a guarantee you were coming out with a sunburn, man. I don't want to say those were the days, but like those are, those are where the real Bucks fans oh, were made. It was, it was, it was also a guarantee that the visiting team was, was coming out with a W. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> so let's. The poll would be filled with visiting jerseys. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
So let's talk about some other transactions the Buccaneers have done this week because free agency is still very much a thing and the Buccaneers have been very much active. Not as active as they have been over the last few weeks, but obviously there's still some work to do. The Buccaneers looked at some depth positions this week. The last update we talked to you about was the re-signing of Leonard Fournette and Will Golston. Well, since then, they have brought in some reinforcements along the offensive line. They signed former Bengals free agent offensive lineman Fred Johnson on a one-year contract. They also re-signed offensive tackle Josh Wells. And then we'll talk about a departure that they had. But let's talk about the offensive line for a minute. A lot of people saw the Bucs are signing a former Bengals offensive lineman, and they had a stroke, right? They, they were like, why are the Buccaneers bringing in pieces from the worst offensive line in the NFL that just gave up a record amount of sacks throughout the playoffs? It's important to remember that Fred Johnson is not going to be starting over anybody on this offensive line. He's not going to be starting over Tristan Wirfs, over Donovan Smith, even any of the interior guys. It seems like most of your starters are set, but... It also opens the door for a lot of these guys to to try and earn a spot on the team throughout camp. And the names that come into play here, Fred Johnson, we had just talked about, Josh Wells, of course, being a reserve tackle. But Robert Hainsey, also very much still in the mix. Buccaneers draft pick from a couple of years ago. I believe he got some reps at center throughout the season. He did put some pretty good stuff on tape. Uh, but it seems like these guys are really going to be who you hear about the most as far as like that last lineman on the roster uh, at the end of camp here. I think Ainsey's probably safe. He was a third round pick. So yeah. I think he's probably safe, but yeah, I mean the, the competition, you know, competition's always good. Right. And you can never have enough depth. So um, Fred Johnson versus Josh Wells could be something. I believe Johnson could, could also plays guard, um, which could help his case against Josh Wells. I don't, believe josh wells plays a ton of guard um they still have some question marks you know and the bucks could add a you know zion johnson for boston college Kenyon green from texas a&m like those two guys could be first round pick options for for the bucks so um they could still add a guard and and we'll have to wait and see but it's you know they, they want to have as they don't want to repeat of last year so they want to make sure that their depth is as good as it can be as hoodie with one more ten dollar oh super chat man God, oh, dude. man he's, he's back up the Brinks truck today. <laughs> Clap it up one more time for our good buddy, Huddy Jew. Appreciate it, Huddy. Uh, he said, I'm a YouTuber uh, too, so I show the love to all platforms and channels. Don't care, man, what team. I have Bucks and Falcons and all fans of subs follow me in the supporting the channel. Future collab. Yeah, Huddy, we will definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. uh, I noticed, I, I noticed he didn't mention Carolina. So is there like some unspoken the beef Panthers, between yeah, yeah. him and Panthers fans that we don't know <laughs> I, about? Thank you again I for your support, so. Huddy. Really appreciate it, Huddy. Thank you. Yeah, so as far as the offensive line competition, I mean, Josh Wells was obviously the guy who came in last year for Trisha Wirfs, was banged up, injured, didn't play his great game. Also going against Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and um, the other guy, uh, Floyd. Yeah, yeah. And Leonard Floyd over there. So, uh, you know, struggled a little bit. But I think this is just a move for, for depth, right? This is a you're, – you're looking to get a swing tackle guy in here. And Fred Johnson – is a behemoth, former Gator, 6'7", 326. He's still super young. He's only 24 years old where Josh Wells is, you know, over the 30-year-old mark. He's played guard. He's played tackle. Hasn't done it very well. Um, yeah. Last season, he, uh, in the 2020 season, is the season he's played his most snaps. Uh, two, 278 came at left tackle, 124 at right guard, 77 at right tackle. And he's also played some jumbo tight end as well. So, he lit up three penalties, two sacks that year. Not the best overall grades from pro football focus, but this is a guy, too, who if you watch some of his tape, 
uh, is, has got a really nasty demeanor. He's a finisher. He blocks until the whistle and sometimes through the whistle. And uh, a lot of a lot of people think that if they had started him over Prince at right tackle last year, they probably could have won the Super Bowl. Um, the Bengals also he was a restricted free agent. They tendered him. He signed his tender and then waived him the next day after the Leo Collins move was made official. And that was after, they, of course, they brought in Kappa and Ted Karras as well. Um, that's going to be your competition at, at swing tackle. I don't think they look to the draft. I think they've got Josh Wells in, who's on an 800, got $800,000 of his $1.2 million contract guaranteed. You've got this guy coming in on the, on the veteran minimum and Fred Johnson. As far as guard goes, they could look to the draft of Zion Johnson. I don't really think Kenyon Green is the answer. He's more of a run blocker right now than a pass protector. And if you're going to go first round, I think you want, because you throw so much, you're going to want a pass protector. And Zion Johnson's clearly the best. Maybe later rounds, third round, you go with a Dylan Parnum or, or a Cole Strange or, or one of those guys um, to add to that guard mix. But I think the Bucks pretty much, for the most part, feel pretty comfortable mm-hmm. with Stinney. And they've got Leverett. And, you know, Hainsey did, you know, played right tackle in college, took all last year um, developing as a center. And, but he's still got that flexibility to play guard as well. Obviously, we know Leverett can play multiple spots in the line. We saw him going at right tackle when Josh Wells was injured, when Trisha Wirfs was injured, just played guard, can play a little center. So uh, they've got John Mulchin and they've got Sedarius Hutchinson. Mulchin was on the practice squad the last two years. Hutchinson was undrafted free agent. Uh, me and John had pretty high uh, grades on him last year in the draft and went undrafted, uh, got injured, missed his whole rookie season. So you've got some guys there. Um, that I think you just, it's, it's going to be a battle, right? It's going to, okay, so here's a battle for the backup swing tackle. Here's a battle for the starting left guard and then the backup position on the line. So I, I'm excited to see what the O-line shakes, shakes out to be. And they could still use, go to the draft, but I think that's less of a priority. If Zion Johnson's there at 27 and, you know, your other prospects, Devontae Wyatt's gone, Olave's gone, Burks is gone, you know, maybe, you know, you're looking at Lewis Seen, and Zion Johnson or trade down, I think, you know, that makes a lot of sense, but we'll see. So let's go ahead and wrap up with one final topic here. And it is a departure for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it leaves some question marks of the future of that position. Former running back Ronald Jones signs a one year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that Tampa Bay vanquished 31 to nine in the Super Bowl. Uh, he ends up signing over there. It's a contract worth up to five million dollars a year. And for Ronald Jones, honestly, we talk about Kansas City as a landing spot for him. I think most people knew he was going to be gone after this season. That ends up being the case. KC is an interesting situation because he's paired up in the backfield with Clyde Edward Hilaire. And one thing we know for sure about Ronald Jones is his strength in an offense. It isn't necessarily pass blocking. It isn't necessarily catching the ball out of the field. This is a guy who gets better with the more carries that he gets. I mean, there was a time where he almost had a thousand yard seasons and he's averaging right around five yards per carry. I think he's a great runner. I really hope he ends up being successful. I just don't know if KC is the best fit for him because when you've got Patrick Mahomes, I know their wide receiver one at the moment is Juju Smith Schuster, but it, it still strikes me as a pass first team. And I just don't know. Like, I really don't know how much of an opportunity he's going to get there. How much of a, uh, of a, I don't know how much of a fair shake he's going to get in that offense because it seems like a lot of the fans over there too are kind of in denial about Clyde Edward Hilaire maybe not being the guy that they wanted him to be. And I feel like when you have a bunch of uncertainty in your running back room, there's always going to be one odd man out. And for Kansas City, it's it's either going to be Clyde Edward Hilaire 
or Ronald Jones. But I'm curious to see how that shakes out. And then, of course, you know, a big departure for Tampa Bay in that running back room. But Evan, your thoughts on on Rojo ending up in Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about fit and I don't think it's the best fit either, but Rojo can maybe be sort of that change of pace uh, back. Clyde edwards alaire more of the, the receiving type, um, more of a like a Kareem Hunt style, you know, edwards alaire is. Uh, and then Rojo can come in and, and maybe be that guy. Maybe Kansas City wants to run the ball a bit more. You know, they they lost the Super Bowl in, in 2020, and then they didn't even make it in 2021. So maybe they've gone to the drawing board and say, look, we got to start running the football maybe a little bit more. And that's where Jones can come in. So um, it'll be interesting. Obviously, it's a one-year deal for him. He can come back on the market. And for the Bucks. obviously, um, they brought back Leonard Fournette. But Giovanni Bernard still a free agent. Keyshawn Vaughn and Kenyon Barner, I think, are the only other running backs on the roster. I would expect them to add one more running back this offseason, maybe even two, whether it be through free agency or the draft. Uh, they signed Giovanni Bernard very late last season, uh, last offseason. So, um, you know, that I could still, I could see them bringing back Bernard uh, if, if things, you know, don't pan out for him, if he don't get another opportunity. Um, but I, I do think the Bucks will end up adding a running back or two. Uh, and this was a move that was expected, right? I think when you looked at the Bucks free agent list, you look at two guys, OG Howard and Ronald Jones uh, as the two guys who were likely to leave and they both end up on, on AFC title contenders. So uh, good, good for him. And um, you know, we'll have to wait and see what his role is in Kansas city. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. no. So, I mean, Rojo, very talented runner. I think he's a very yeah. talented runner and you know, <laughs> Uh, not to steal uh, Peter Blake's victim of volume. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Rhett, that this is a guy who needs volume rushes in a game to really start to get going. And and, and that's not bad. There's tons of rushers that, that are like that, that they need to get fed in order to, you know, put out their best potential. Um, that was not going to happen here because Rojo's not a three-down back. He can't pass protect worth a lick, and he's not a great receiver. While he made improvements – in that in that area, it's not one of his strong suits. His strong suit is being a you know phys, uh, is a tough physical runner through the holes who can show some bursts and separate and and, and make some plays on the open field. Um, it's going to be difficult for him to see the field a lot. You know, it really depends, right? Because Clyde Edwards Hilaire was was toted as a luxury pick at the time for the Chiefs. Um, great pass catcher, you know, but we've seen plenty of times where first round running backs don't work out. So do they maybe go with Rojo as this de facto starter split starter and use him on the earlier downs first down and then bring in Clyde Edwards Hilaire in second and third, you know, because Rojo's predictability in the game on third down, you know, you know, he's a runner. That's about it. Right. If he's out there, you're not going to, especially Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to trust them to, to block for your face of the NFL quarterback, you know, once Tom is gone. So, um, yeah, it, it is what it is with him. Uh, he was not coming back. He didn't want to be here last season after he lost out the starting job um, to, to Leonard Fournette. So he's going to make up to $5 million there. So it's a pretty nice contract if he can hit some of those incentives. But as far as, um, you know, Rojo, he was never – he was like O.J. Howard, change of scenery. He was never coming back. Now, as far as a running back, I definitely think they look to the draft, right? And before they re-sign Leonard Fournette, you're like, okay, maybe they look in the second round. Maybe somehow Brees Hall slips to them. I doubt it. I think he goes early second. Maybe Isaiah Spiller's there, who they've had a lot of 
um, you know, interested, buzzing around, uh, you know, but his 40 time, he's dealing with an oblique injury. Maybe that pushes him down the board a little bit. Uh, then you start looking at, I hear you. I see you. Yes. Yes. Damian Pierce is someone who could potentially be a fit. Uh, Rashad White. I mean, now you're looking at third round, fourth round guys. You know, what do they do? You know, they, they only have a first, second, third, fourth, and then they don't have a fifth or a sixth and then two sevens. This is a spot where where Jason Light has said, you know, it's it's very good value in the middle round, so they trade out of the first if one of their guys aren't there, pick up extra picks, and then you can pick up one of those running backs in the early third. But I think they come out of this draft definitely with a running back. Maybe they think they're set with Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn, who they think can be an every down back, and address it in the later rounds in the seventh. And Peter reports uh, we've looked at a guy like Max Borgie um, as a guy who could fill that role. And then as far as a, I agree with you, I think two more running backs are coming in here, and it's going to be a veteran and a rookie, I think. Uh, you've got your, you know, you're, you're going into your third-year player in Keyshawn Vaughn. You've got your veteran, uh, you know, every down back in Leonard. You've got your rookie coming in. Then you've got another veteran. And, and one thing we know about um, Bruce Arians is he likes to bring older guys in to mentor some of these younger guys because he doesn't want his lead back to be focusing on mentoring the younger guys. And when they first drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, that was a guy named Shady McCoy. Last year, injuries took a toll on the position, and they brought in a guy named Le'Veon Bell. This year, they're going to do the same thing, and I cannot get it out of my head. And I I've think I know where you're going. Convincing myself not to because the guy's pretty much cooked. But so was Shady. So was Le'Veon Bell. And if you know where I'm going, Bruce Arians loves this player, and he's been trying to find the next this player. There's yeah, no yeah. way in hell that I don't see David Johnson on this roster at some point, even yeah. if it's in camp. I think David Johnson's going to be the guy. He's a free agent. He's not going to cost you much. And Bruce Arians loves him some DJ. He talks about him every time he talks about the running back position. I don't see David Johnson not on this roster. And, you know, he can <laughs> still offer, I think, something more than Bell or Shady could. But mm -hmm. I think he wants to get his guy a ring. You know, yeah. and I think that's going to be important to him. And then he kind of it did the same thing with AQ Shipley. He did the same mm -hmm. thing with some of these other guys. It, well, it's on. funny talking about David Johnson really quickly. We also got a $2 super chat from our buddy Mikey with a quick question as we wrap things up. But the idea of David Johnson in a Bucks uniform for me is perfect. It's like poetry <laughs> because everything comes full circle in a way. Uh, the first year that we ever started the Cannon Fire podcast was 2016 going into 2017. That was David Johnson's monster season. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. Evan picked him first overall in fantasy that year. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, mm -hmm. you know, things happened and he hasn't been the same since. But that, like I said, that's just that's that's in my opinion, that's poetic justice. If we're sitting here talking about David Johnson in a Bucks uniform after he just completely sabotaged Evan's fantasy season a couple of years ago. Oh, oh, by the way, I'm very excited about this because I just remembered Evan. You're lucky because I almost forgot you finished dead last in the CFP fantasy league this year. I know. And uh, if you remember, when I finished dead last in the CFP Fantasy you, you. League, I had to shave my beard and yeah, rock the right. porno stash for a little while. So uh, if you guys are in the live we chat, will figure we, out something as we start to wrap things up, maybe brainstorm some ideas of a punishment for our good buddy, Evan. Nothing over the top, but it yeah. may be something we can have some fun with for, uh, you know, getting your ass absolutely whooped in this year's Can of Fire podcast Fantasy League, which I got second place. Let's go. I had like a C plus coming out of the draft and that was enough to take me the distance. But uh, last and question from our buddy Mikey before we wrap things up. He says thoughts on uh, Zaquandre. Uh, yeah, I think I said that word, right. Zaquandre White from South Carolina to Gamecocks. 
So first off, real quick, in our fan, my fantasy league, when I was running it before I moved down here, and I, I had like we did like an obstacle course to like determine draft pick order and everything like that. We were, I went crazy with it, but uh, we had uh, it was a like a decal that goes in the back of your window, nice and bright pink, that said, "I finished last place in fantasy." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna keep that on for until the next next season. So I mean, that's just an idea uh, for you guys. Um, but Zaquandre White, he's a good uh, he's a good back. I think um, you know, like a later round pick. He fits the scheme that they're working on. Runs good routes. Excellent after the catch. He's probably one of the more underrated backs in here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's got good size, good athleticism. Um, He's from Florida also. Yeah. He's, a, yeah. I mean, it's, there's a chance they could be interested in him in, mm-hmm. in, in the later rounds. Um, you know, he's, he's got good intangibles. It's just. The, 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 the tough thing is them not having that fifth or sixth round pick. Cause I feel like that would sort of be his sweet spot. And I just, I like the fourth may feel a little rich for me. And like, I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to being in the seventh round. So uh, that's a tough have, thing lot of production right yeah I mean, right that's one thing too about him you know he's taking a weird journey to get to the Gamecocks and you know which is good sometimes good because you don't have all that you know you look at some of these guys at Alabama who are workhorses and you know they, they've got so many snaps on them um he's just a younger raw player who hasn't really you know he's got a lot of the intangibles a lot of things you look for in a running back um I think he'd be a, a good, you know, later round pick, I, you know. So, I mean, I wouldn't be upset about them grabbing him at all, um, to be honest with you. It's just it's one of those things where he's just got to, you know, get that experience more. Yeah. With the NFL draft less than a month away, it is undoubtedly mock draft season as well. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have plenty of coverage between there, now there, and there's, then. There's that chunk. Yeah, baby. The Buccaneers that. are not on the clock yet. Oh, my God. You got to love it. But they are picking number 27 this season so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that pick plenty of answers or i'm sorry plenty of questions going to be answered here over the next few weeks as well before the draft free agency still very much a thing the buccaneers could go out sign a running back tomorrow and we'll be right here to tell you about it and hoodie (laughs) clap it up one more time for our boy hoodie this is like the most super chats we've gotten in the history of the channel on any single live stream ever so we got to get jc on here a lot more sending (laughs) us out um my top four running backs coming out of this draft that i would like on my team or recommend for y'all to pick are Brees hall brian robson jr kenneth walker james cook I, i'm a huge james cook fan uh, i'm not sure i know the bucks met with him at the combine uh, i know the bucks liked dalvin cook when, when he was coming out so maybe yeah. they'll, they'll like his brother um poetic justice full circle oj right yeah, there you go definitely full circle and uh, you know uh, james cook and david johnson in, in the same running back room uh, um you know, so a Brees Hall, like JC said, not sure. I, I doubt they pick him a running back in the first uh, unless they're trading back, and I just don't think he'll be there in the second. Robert, Brian Robinson Jr. is an intriguing one. Uh, I think he's a good player. He could be maybe there in the third, maybe. Uh, Kenneth Walker probably have to take him in the second round. I'm not as high on him as some others are, but um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of running backs and a lot of different options they can take. Ladies and gentlemen, J.C. Allen from Pewter Report joining the podcast. Thank you so much for your time today, my man. I know before the episode, we were like, ah, 35, 45 minutes. We don't have a ton to talk about. Here we are an hour and eight minutes later, but we do appreciate you hanging out with us. Where can people find you and, uh, of course, your awesome content? 
Absolutely. Guys, thanks for having me on. This has been, you know, awesome. I love chopping it up. Any chance I get to talk about football, especially Bucks football, I'm always down. So whenever you want me back on, let me know. But as far as you guys want to follow me, JC Allen NFL on Twitter at JC Allen NFL. Pretty much your one stop shop for everything Bucks, whether it's Peter Report content that we're putting out, whether it's Bucks, you know, directly from the Buccaneers, whether it's from PFF Bucks, any rumors, any national media. It's all going to be on my page. You can always follow it there. Turn my notifications on. Follow me. Click that follow button. I appreciate that. As far as all of our work, Peter, at Peter Report on Twitter as well, PeterReport.com. We've got some awesome things. We, we just did a roundtable um, yesterday of who we think, uh, what position we think is the biggest need so far after what they've done and this the rest of this offseason. So we've got some great stuff. Obviously, uh, Draft coverage is picking up now that we're ending towards the end of free agency and heading into April, which is draft month. So got a lot of great stuff there. But other than that, um, yeah, J.C. Allen, NFL, Pewter Report. A pleasure to be on here with you guys, and uh, thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you, my friend. Check it out, folks, pewterreport.com. Honestly, most of the guys at Pewter Report have been such good friends of the pod for so many years. We're grateful to have you guys and uh, glad to talk to you today. Check out our show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Oh, yeah, brought to you by Celsius as well. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a Pewter Report pod without rocking the Celsius, man. Uh, Tom hey. Master Plug. A new Arctic vibe, new flavor. Yeah. This is really good. I had strawberry lemonade, too. Like, when we, I mean, we all drink the Celsius. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, sponsors are just going to. No, man, like, this stuff is bomb like oh dude it honestly hey i'll just throw this out here right now i hate to put you on the spot but favorite flavor mine is strawberry guava i I think that's the best one i had it at the live podcast they did uh the day before the super bowl last season they were coming around passing out samples and the strawberry guava is the one i had i've been hooked ever since it is great stuff evan did you ever decide on a favorite flavor uh i actually just recently uh got my first case so i haven't i haven't decided on on a flavor yet i haven't tried enough of them so first one i tried was the was the watermelon it was was pretty good i know it's a basic flavor but um yeah i'm looking forward to trying some more you gotta get on it man i mean and and you know what too i mean i don't condone this but i mean you want to use it as a mixer or whatever i mean (laughs) red bull it's got that flavor too but i just had you know i'll tell you i just had it yesterday strawberry lemonade immediately jumped up to my to my top spot strawberry lemonade is so good because it tastes just like strawberry lemonade it gives you obviously all the essential energy you need um and i was burnt out friday when i had it and i had to go to my kids carnival from like six to school carnival i'm like man thank goodness they had it and i i fire just fire (laughs) i have nothing else to say about the strawberry lemonade but fire Folks, go out, pick up a case of Celsius, check out our friends at pewterreport.com, follow us on social media, find my co-host on social media at EvanNFL, you can find him on Twitter uh, and Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. I subscribed, I subscribe to that daily. And let's I look go, at, man. Uh, let's get it. Last Maybe. but not least, you can find myself. Oh, actually, you can find Evan's written work as well on BucksNation.com if you guys want to check that out. Evan, you got anything cooking this week? uh i got a few stories lined up you'll be on the lookout all right make sure you guys go check that out once again bucksnation.com last but not least you can find myself instagram and twitter at reticus r-h-e-t-t-a-k-u-s if you follow me i will follow you back that's the show folks big shout out once again to our buddy jc allen from pewter report 
We'll talk to you guys a little bit later on this week, of course, with more Tampa Bay Buccaneer news. And, of course, draft season just around the corner. So keep an eye out for one of our first mock drafts here soon. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our special guest, J.C. Allen. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, go box. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.